Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 26th episode of the Trevor Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Alonzo, joined by my co-host, Nick O'Brien. How are you doing? I am doing quite well. Very, very excited to share some exciting news And for thank us. you for asking how I was doing. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks okay, I was getting to it. Thanks Relax. For um, but yeah, we haven't been here for a while. Part of the reason why is we're on, um, I almost said spring break. We're Close. on winter break. Um, not a lot really happened, especially for the Mets, and of course stuff hasn't happened, so we can talk about the Mets. Nah. Um, but a lot of stuff ended up did happening, especially for us personally. Yeah. So one thing that we started is we're now on the radio. I know. So we're on uh eighty eight point seven WNHU. It's a um the radio station for our school, but even if you're not there, you still can listen to it. There will be a link in the subscription, subscription, and the description. That's the right word. There you go. And pretty much, it's us two and our producer. Yeah, producer's the right word. <laughs> um, Ian Sachi, he's one of our classmates we've had for a while and uh, before management. And yeah, we're one thing. No, it's not only baseball. We talk about pretty much every sport yeah. on there. Um, right now, we just did a show. We did our first show on Fridays. It's Fridays from 5 to 6 every day, um, Eastern Time. And we talked about the playoffs. We talked about the Hall of Fame, which we'll the kind NFL of The like, NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs, yes. We'll um, touch on the Hall of Fame here, too, but we went, like, really in-depth, like, what, 30 minutes? Yeah, about, about half it. an hour there. Yeah, yeah, so we go really in-depth and kind of a lot more broad. Right. Um, so there is reason to listen to both. Yes. Here we're going to go a lot in detail still. Yankees-Mets, I don't think this is really going to change that no. much. No, 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 no. Um, but the sports show is a lot more, it covers a lot more areas. Definitely. So definitely. there definitely is a reason to listen to both of them. Yeah, because you get all of our fantastic sport takes across all sports now, all not sports. just baseball. You're very good with football. I love football. I'm yeah. very knowledgeable in that aspect. Very knowledgeable. So I think how... um. Another thing, too, is I think this is going to be more like a more laid back, more like how we kind of have been doing it, where it's more fun, like, yeah. like where that's still going to be fun, right. but it's going to be more like professional, right? because we cannot say silly words on no. the air. No. That is a no-go. We can't say egg for some reason. We cannot say egg. Very weird rule. We cannot but say fart. No. But, yeah, so it, I feel like this is going to be a lot more casual. Obviously, yeah. you're going to get the best of our personalities on this podcast, but the radio show is, like Justin said, is going to be more professional, more, I guess, PG, yeah, I guess PG. if you want to call it. Yeah. But, you know, still check it out. Uh, like Justin said, Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll be on talking about all things sports, mostly New York. But, of course, we'll t- touch on just about, you know, everything, yeah. the big headlines, whatever's happening. But... Yeah, so go check that out. We are on Instagram under Triborough Sports Show. So very similar to our podcast tag. But if you go to our podcast uh, page, you can find it through there as well. And also in the descriptions of all, all the episodes, all that stuff. Correct. And I'll say this. One question that we had, would it be, would you guys want us to make a new Spotify channel for that, where we just right. upload the live recordings, that's just something we're talking about too. Yep. What another like thing maybe is if we recorded the podcast live, maybe one week, would that be something you guys would listen to live? And then obviously we still would upload it here. Um. So yeah, just a couple well, things are running through our mind. Um. Definitely would 
appreciate feedback. Of course. Has to say about that. Of course. But yeah, very exciting times. Very yes. exciting. Very exciting. Um, but. that's all I got about that. Yeah. No. So before we get into Queens, we did want to mention the Hall of Fame yep. because I feel it's one of those things where it does both the Yankees and Mets. It would kind of be repetitive just to talk about in both. Yeah. So, um, the Hall of Fame. So to get in the Hall of Fame, you have to have seventy five percent of the ballots. The people that got in this year, we got Adrian Beltre with ninety five percent on the first ballot. Todd Helton with seventy nine percent on the sixth ballot. Joe Maurer with seventy six percent on his first ballot. Some notable people that missed Billy Wagner on his ninth ballot at seventy three point eight percent. Gary Sheffield um on his last year did not make it. Andrew Jones on his seventh year did not make it. Um A Rod on his third year was at thirty. 4.8% didn't make it. Um, trying to look at who else is important. Andy Pettit, you know, on his sixth year, did not make it at 13.5%. Um, David Wright, on his first year, is still on the ballot because he's above the 5% threshold at 6.2%. Yippee! And, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all the big names, especially from, like, New York ties. But, I got, w- would you like me to start on my thoughts? Yeah, because I just talked. Yeah, so... I talked this about on the radio, obviously. I'm happy for everyone that got in. The only question mark for me was Joe Maurer. Not saying he shouldn't have made it to the Hall of Fame, but he definitely has a different career Very than the other unique. two. Right. Compared to the other two that got in, uh, I think his peak was obviously one of the best, especially for a catcher. Three batting titles and right. a catcher is absurd. Right. So I think that's what helps him there. But it made me question if maybe the thought process with the writers is changing. Maybe they're looking more at peak rather than longevity. So with that being said, look at David Wright, please. Yeah. I'm um, very happy he's he's not, he's stayed on the ballot, by the way. Like yeah. that I obviously it's a long shot for him to I get in. Neither do I. Definitely. And I definitely think that he deserves to be looked at. You know? But I'm very happy about that. Um and then just one guy that he and you know I've loved this guy for a while and it's absurd that he's on the Hall of Fame is Billy Wagner. Yep. Where to put in perspective, he has the sixth most saves of all time. He has he's played fifteen seasons in MLB. He's had one season with an ERA, not in the one or two. It's and granted that year he got lit up. Yeah. That's like still whatever. He has a low two ERA for his career. It's a thing of he just they say oh he only has nine hundred fifty innings, I don't think that matters when he was that dominant for right. that long. Right. And another thing with saves is, saves are only they're relative to how good your team was. Yep. He was on some pretty bad teams. He was pretty on bad Astros, Astros for a teams. Yeah. While when they were bad, so I think it's a thing of I just don't see how he's he's on his ninth year. He's at seventy four percent. Yeah. He's gonna get in next year. Yeah. I hope sure. unless something horrible comes out about right. him, but. I just, I can't. Crazy, yeah, man. I can't see him not getting in next year. And I think Ian put it perfectly on the radio show that I think that it's more important to look at how well he did in the innings he's pitched yeah. rather than dock him for you know not pitching as many innings. Yeah. Because when he pitched, he was dominant. And Absolutely as a reliever, dominant. he pitched like one inning, if yeah. that, maybe two. Like I'm curious how many pitchers, if any relievers, you could say. Had that where every right. year was one or twos except yeah. for one year. Right. Wait, let me, because now I'm curious. 
Because um, when you talk about elite closers now, I think, you know, of the decade at least, you're thinking about Jansen, you're thinking about Kimbrell. I don't really think those guys had something like that. Mm-hmm. The only guy that you can say had that did the same thing was Mariano Rivera. Right. Granted, Mariano Rivera has a lot more ones. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm not saying Billy Wagner's better than Mo. But to put him on that same level is insane. Yeah. Like, that's just, I don't see how he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. The fact that's going to be down to the wire for him is ridiculous. Insane. Insane. I think yeah. the last thing to note is kind of like Gary Sheffield and yeah. not getting in. Right. I I just think that, and we've talked about this before, how when it comes to steroid guys, I view baseball as, or the Hall of Fame as the history of the sport, and I don't see how you could tell the history without bringing up all the steroid guys. Another good point that Ian made is that they relish the steroid guys. They right. marketed them as steroid guys yeah. in the steroid era. Right. So now you're going to knock them when you have how many people right. in the Hall of Fame that use steroids? Are right. you going to pluck them out of the Hall of Fame? Right. You raise them on a pedestal when it happened, mm. but once it wasn't good for you, you, you toss them to the one. side. It's it's a double standard that needs to be corrected. Exactly. But that's all I got on the Hall yeah. of Fame, at least. Gary Sheffield was robbed. Yeah. Close. They'll probably get in veterans committee. Yeah, I think definitely. like once Bonds and Clemens, I think they will end up. I think that will end up getting fixed. Yeah, that precedent. It'll be right. curious to see if anyone that was involved in the steroid era will get in through the regular ballot. Right. Yeah. That'll be that'll be interesting. To definitely. See like if an A Rod will. Right. Um. Yeah, that's definitely. all I got. Yeah. Would we like to move on? Maybe on to Queens. All right. I guess we'll see you in Queens. Now entering Queens. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Queens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, not really much going on. Uh, like the rest of the offseason, there hasn't been a lot of movement on the Mets front. There hasn't been a lot of movement, movement on free agency as a whole. But, 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 there's still plenty, plenty to talk about with the New York Mets, as always. A lot of discussion about the bullpen, a lot of discussion about DH, sign of DH, eternal, internal DH. But I would like to start out with Adam Adovino. Thank you for signing, so you gave me something to talk about. No, but Adam Adovino did sign back with the Mets last night. On a one-year, $4.5 million deal for the 2024 season. He opted out of his, I think it was a player option for, I want to say like six seventy-five. Six and a half, I think. Yeah, something like that. Around that range uh, at the beginning of the offseason. But I believe he said that a lot of deferrals were in that contract. So he's getting... I didn't a see lo- that. Yeah, he's getting a lot more money now, although it's less in total, but I guess... You know, it's player's choice. You know, they want the money now rather than you know yeah. ten years down the line. 
but I feel like for the Mets, that's better too. Yeah, like for the way that their team is constructed right now, you'd rather pay that money right now than down the road. Right, just pay it up front, get it over with within the year, and that's it. But a lot of discussion with Adovino was going on when he opted out. Like, was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Because they didn't have a lot of bullpen to begin with, right? Personally. I like bringing Adovino back. I think he was really good in 2022. He was okay in 2023. But Adovino is one of those guys, like, Adovino is a pitcher. Yeah. You know, like, I love hearing him talk about pitching. He he knows his... He's a nerd. He is, and it's in fantastic. In the best way possible. Exactly. I absolutely love talk, hearing him talk about pitching. So I'm not worried about, you know a quote-unquote down year, because if you look at 2023 as a whole, uh, 3.21 ERA in over 60 innings pitched. Mm. For a reliever, you take that. But for Adovino, he always seemed like to give up a bad hit, like every outing. He had one of those years. Like when he came in, he just gave up like a big hit, or he just gave up the lead, or, you know, something like that. The Adovino special. Right. And... Just to go over some numbers, comparatively from 22 to 23, his walks went up. So his walks per nine, 2.2 in 2022. Wow, that's a mouthful. And then 4.2 in 2023. Doubled. Right. Strikeouts went down 10.8 Ks per nine in 2022, 9.0 in 2023. His whip went up from 9.75 in 22 to 1.216 in 23. And... In total, he almost doubled his walks in about two less innings. Mm. I think a lot of that has to do with the pitch clock. You watch Adovino he's pitch. very slow. Exactly. And, you know, he's never had a good uh, run prevention game. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like, base stealing yeah. prevention. Definitely one of the worst in baseball. Right. So, I think just a combination of the two, because of the, pick, uh, the limited pickoffs, because of the pitch clock, people were running circles around him. You know, he was getting called for the quote-unquote box because of the, not box, the automated, automatic, automatic ball. ball yeah. Because of the pitch clock. So I think a lot of that has to do with that. And I think also... Are they lowering it or is that just discussion? No, they, they are. They are? I okay. think it was... Was it 18 seconds with runners on now? Something like that. Yeah, so... Only a couple seconds. Right. Which doesn't make sense to me, but... Neither do I, but that can be a discussion for yeah. another day. Um, and then the other thing is the sweeper, I feel like was Adovino's pitch, but now like everyone's throwing it. So mm-hmm. hitters are seeing a lot more. Obviously, Adovino has a different arm slot that's coming out of, but the sweeper is becoming a more common pitch when it used to be Adovino's pitch. Yeah. And so just from a hitter's perspective of seeing a similar pitch over and over, it's going to dwindle the effect that Adovino's sweeper mm. has on said hitter. You'd call that a sweeper? He calls it a sweeper. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I always saw it as kind of like a, like how Kluber was, where Kluber, like it's called a clue ball. Right. Where it's like unique to him, like yeah. no one throws a pitch like that other than him. That's right. how I always saw it, but if yeah. he calls it a sweeper, then. Right. I think it just, it probably is different in some aspect, but if you look at, you know, the horizontal break and the vertical mm. break and all the real nitty gritty numbers, at the end Nerdy of the day, shit. yeah. At the end of the day, it's a sweeper. Yeah. Because it's just a very horizontal slider, and if you watch yeah. Adovino, obviously he comes really down from the right side and goes 
it sweeps across to yeah. the left side of the battery box. So I think that's definitely something, not necessarily to keep an eye on, but something that hurt him in 23. And he also lost some velo. He lost like a mile, a mile or two on his fastball. You know, he's 38. Yeah. But again, at the end of the day, he's a pitcher. He's going to work on what he needs to work on, and I'm not necessarily worried about it. But with that being said, given his age and given how he pitched last year, I would like to see him more in a seventh inning role rather than eighth or like ninth guy when Diaz is uh, resting. So basically, a little less leveragey, especially because of the runners and all that. But I'm still very happy that he's back. It's also nice just to have somebody on the team who wants to be here. Because he opted out because he was unsure where the team was going. Which, yeah. at the time, they I don't think they hired Stearns yet. They just fired Showalter. So they didn't have a manager. Didn't have a GM. Didn't have a you know president of baseball ops. They just traded Max Scherzer. They just traded Verlander. There was a lot of uncertainty around the team. And I don't blame him for opting out. Especially at that age. Definitely, definitely. You know, he probably wants to win a ring. And look, the Mets right now aren't in a good position He's whatsoever. He's gone on the deadline. If, yeah. Most likely Mo- gone on the yes. deadline. Yeah, definitely. But, again, it's just ha- nice to have people who want to be on the team. So that's just another thing. But, yeah. What do you think? I definitely agree with what you said about lowering him and yeah. the leverage because that was the thing with the Yankees too especially towards like the end of his career with them where it was just big hit after big hit I, even in um Boston I remember there was like two or three like leads that he blew to the Yankees right and just yeah I don't think he's that guy anymore and like right. you'll see it with some guys that they just lose that intensity they right. just don't have it anymore right yeah and that's just a thing that comes with age yeah. you know that's you don't have that fire anymore like right Right. And again, yeah, he's 38, you know, yeah. but hey, he's a pitcher, you know, he's going to pitch, pitch, <laughs> but moving on from out of, you know, more about the bullpen in general, as of right now, you have a lot of, I don't say reclamation projects, but a lot of waiver guys, a lot of minor league deal guys fitting in that back end. Because obviously now you have Diaz, you have Brooks Raley, you have Ottavino, and you do have Drew Smith, which a lot of Mets fans might not like to hear. I'm still a big fan of Drew Smith. I think he can still put it together. He just need literally, he just needs to have a good second pitch. He has a good fastball, but literally anything else he throws is abysmal. He just needs to find a pitch that complements that fastball really well, and I think he could be a really good reliever. But after those four, you know, you have... Jorge Lopez, who had a really good 2022 and a really bad 2023. You know, that's just relievers. But then you have guys like Phil Bickford, Sean Reed Foley. Then you have options like Bryce Montes de Oca and Nate Lavender and things of that nature. You have a lot of options to choose from, but you don't have a necessarily set bullpen. With that being said, there's still some options out in the market. Obviously, I think the besides Josh Hader, I think the biggest reliever is probably Robert Stevenson. Would you say? Yeah. Right, and he got a, was it three three year thirty three yeah. mil. Yeah, way from the Angels. Paid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even I'm okay. Hector Neris, what do you get again? He got like what two twenty two with like an option for like 
14, 15 mil yeah. for the third year. I, th- I think it was one year. I think, like, one year, nine mil. Mm. And then, like, option or something for, like, 11. It was a really... I think w- it was more than 11. Yeah. I think it was, like, 14. Something like that. It was a weird, like, one-year contract. Yeah. But, yeah. At the end of the day, he got nine nine million for this year coming up, I'm pretty sure. So, I understand the Mets didn't really want to go to that high-tier reliever, which would yeah. obviously mean a higher AAV. So, obviously, you get out of, you know, for four and a half. You know, you're not paying Stevenson 11. You're not paying Neris 9. But I think they should add another lefty. Again, the only lefty in the bullpen right now is Brooks Raley. You have Nate Lavender, I believe is his name, uh, in the minors right now. He's a lefty. He had I a really good year. I can't take a year. guy serious whose last name is Sun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. But he had a really good year last year. So I think he's definitely going to play some type of role in this upcoming year. But just some options to look into. I'll start with the Yankees option, Wendy Peralta. I think you can probably talk more about him than me. Mm. So I don't. I just don't think he would go to the Mets. Mm-hmm. I think not because like oh Mets like different like yeah, oh what's it called because he's a Yankee guy. No, I just think that he's the type of guy that he wants to win. Mm. So I don't think he would go. Mm-hmm to the Mets, but if he does, he's a guy you're going to love. He has one of the lowest ground ball rates in the league, so he's not going to give up home runs, and he's just a fighter. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, when there's runners on, he's better. Right. Like, you could throw him on with bases loaded, and he's going to, he may give up some BS one run, but he's going to fight, and, yeah, it is, yeah. I love Wandy. <laughs> he's like, he just has that energy that, like, yeah. you can't coach. Yeah. I just... I love that guy. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think he would probably be my first left-handed option. But another guy that I wanted to mention was Jake Diekman. He had a weird year. I think he got – I want to say he got traded. Weird career. Yeah, really. I think he got traded to the Rays midway through last season. And, of course, he was pretty good. So, obviously, there's some risk to that <laughs> whenever the Rays get a guy who was bad and now he's good and now you want to sign him. But I think Jake Diekman could be a good one-year deal type guy. And then you don't really need another right-handed pitcher, but I think the top option for the Mets right now would be Ryan Stanek, who was on the Astros for for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, he was their eighth, like eighth, seventh inning guy with uh, Ryan Presley closing. But he had a rough year last year, a 4.0. Nine ERA in 50, 50 innings, but just like relievers do, the year before that, a one point fifteen in fifty five innings pitched. Yeah. So relievers are always just going to be volatile like that. So you never really know what you're going to get until you get them. Relievers are like a box of chocolates. Indeed. Thank you, Forrest. But that was the worst Forrest Gump impression maybe of all time. That was really bad. That was horrible. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was horrendous. But he's a fastball slider guy, and I think for a Mets bullpen that doesn't have a lot of, quote-unquote, flamethrowers, mm. you have Diaz. Drew Smith can kind of get up there. I think he's like, you know, 96, 97. Which is not really a flamethrower in today's game. Right. So there's not really a lot of high velocity coming out of that bullpen, and I think it's just a good to have different looks out of the bullpen. Obviously, you have Adovino, 
who's going to be a more breaking ball, uh, off-speed guy. Diaz is going to bring the heat. Rayleigh is more of a finesse pitcher. And then Drew Smith again, 96, 97. So, like, average fastball. But Ryan Stanek, I think, would be a good fit just to push up that floor of the bullpen, I would think. But they have shown interest in Stanek and Wandy. 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 So much more fun to say. I know. But besides that, I think the Mets are more so interested in going with their in-house options. Obviously, they have their pitching lab, which um, they... Quote-unquote. Yeah. I think it's in Port Port St. Lucie in Florida that a lot of guys have been checking out. And uh, I think it was last night, an article came out from the New York Post by Mike Puma talking about the pitching lab and talking about the guys who've gone there. And a very interesting thing is that Tyler McGill has been turning a lot of heads with his improvement on his uh, split finger fastball, I think is what they're calling it. Uh, I remember la- near the end of the year, last year, he was joking around because, you know, you have Sanga's ghost fork. Yeah. And I think he called it like the American spork or something <laughs> like that. So something weird like that. But I saw McGill more as a bulk bullpen guy, and I still think he might fit better there. But if he's making progress in this pitching lab and he can actually show something as uh, pitching depth, I will be more than pleased. Because he has shown flashes of elite stuff, really, yeah. really good stretches of pitching. And, yeah, 2022, he started opening day. And I think, like, that first month or so, he was really good. I Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I will wait for Justin no, keep talking. to get them. But no, Miguel definitely has the stuff. He has, he obviously drew a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of DeGrom comparisons, which are just Dumb. insane. But just because of the way he throws and his velo and his fastball, just gaining more life and more velocity as time went on. But what, what are you laughing at? March lost April in 28 innings pitched to 193 ERA. Yeah. In May, 14.85 ERA. Yeah, see, and there you go. There's the stretches of excellence, and then He gave up really double bad. the amount of runs. Yeah. That, yeah. In that, that 6.2 innings, he gave up double the amount of runs that he let up in 28 innings. That was rough. But, again... Yeah, what was that? That first March, April. Um, one ninety three ERA and twenty eight innings. Right, that's pretty decent run, where he's he showed flashes of really good. No stuff. other month he had less than a six ERA. Right, so I still think long term he might fit the bullpen more, but hey, if the pitching lab is doing its thing and he's improving on something, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. And just like another interesting nugget to mention, um, last year in March, last April, three nine six year in twenty five innings, which is serviceable, and then in September slash October, two seven six year in twenty nine innings. Yeah, and I think that's when he started fitting in his uh, American spork, whatever he called it. So if that becomes a really good pitch, which a lot of guys, you see what Jolly Olive tweeted. No. He said, "Uh, ready for year three of Tyler McGill to hurt me." Honestly, honestly though. 
so real for them. <laughs> but before I move on for the bullpen, any thoughts, nope. concerns? Um, I just I'll get more into it in the Bronx, but bullpen is just one of those things of you really don't have to pay guys. Yeah. And there's a lot of numbers that I have that like will kind of like get into that, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you really just we've had this talk for a while. Yeah. But, if yeah. you're I if you're gonna go cheap on a position, it's gonna be relievers. Yeah. Because you can just get a guy off They're the street. They're so volatile. Right. Grab a guy off the street, teach him how to throw a fastball, teach him how to throw a sweeper, and he's the best reliever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, besides bullpen, I'm gonna move on to the DH talk. So as of right now, should I just? I'm going to cut oh. you off. Okay. Because there's two things that I have that, like, I kind of tease that I have. Yeah. So, so let me just – no, I'll, I'll say this first. So, okay. in 2023, yep. do you know what Pete Alonso's uh, Babbitt was? Very low. Two, 205. Yeah. That was not just the lowest in baseball this year. It was the lowest for a qualified hitter in a full season over the last 13 years. That's insane. MLB average is 300. Was a three average three hundred Babbitt? MLB average Jesus. is three hundred. Wow. He was a hundred points lower than average. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's a thing of that just shows he got unlucky. That's yeah. no fault to his own. That just shows he got right. significantly unlucky. Yeah, I remember there's a couple times during the year where he was just, you know, smacking the shit out of the ball. Yeah. But it was just finding his glove. You know? And that Obviously, that's just baseball, but that much. Is yeah, that's absurd. insane. Over the last thirteen years, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think I think it probably is a little skewed because of his injury mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, I think that's a good ish outlook for the future because I think he did all the right things. You know, he hit the ball hard, he hit the ball in the air. He still still ran into forty five home runs. So, I think that just goes to show that Pete isn't just a slugger, you know? He's not. Pete, Pete's a really good hitter, and uh, you should extend him. Please, 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 uh, I please, love please, how Fangraphs, like, I'm trying to find Babbitt, but I can't find it. Here it is. Um, Let me get, please tell me, why does it not have a year-to-year thing? That's just dumb. Um... Yeah, that's just dumb. I don't know why it doesn't have it. Um, but in his career, we're just going to have to go this way because Fangraphs wants to be dumb. But at home, he has a 243 Babbitt, 274 on the road at, for his career. Mush those numbers together and average them out because I don't know how to do that because Fangraphs is being dumb. Uh-huh. But that just shows significantly higher yeah. for his career. Right, right, right. And I think that's more important to look at rather than league average is a guy's career average. and still looking at his career average, it was still a lot lower in 23 than um, his career. So, again, I think there's just a lot left in the tank for Pete and extend him. I found it. Yay. Um, okay. So, starting in 2019, going to 2023. Okay. Two, yeah, 280, 242, 274, 279, 205. Right. So, he's he's hovering around the 270s. Yeah. So, first career. 2020 like, was the lowest before that. Right. So, that's... Right. And, you know, 60 games, Yeah, take it for what you will. But, yeah, I think he just ran into some poor 
batted ball luck, really. But yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that the only nugget you had to share? I have another one, but I could I could do it now or I could wait. It's your nugget. My nugget? You can do what you want with your nugget. Lindor, Francisco Lindor? Okay. You may have seen this. Perhaps. It's the third most F4 by a shortstop through age 29 since the integration era. Third most? Third highest through age 29 since the integration era. Francisco Lindor is a very good ball player. I, I saw that, and that shocked me. I did not realize how much people take him for granted. Yes, yes. Met, Mets fans, you're, you're watching a guy in a Hall of Fame track. Yes. You're watching two, probably. I think you can make an argument for Alonzo with how many home runs he's hit in his career so Perhaps, far. Perhaps, maybe. Because how old is he? He's like, I think 30 almost. He's going to be 30. Really? Yeah. Or 29, something like that. 29. Yeah. He just turned 29. He just December. turned 29, so he's 29. Mm. So, and, you know, for a slugger, he look at Nelson Cruz. You know, he, he can still have, like, 10 years in the tank. Yeah. And he's also a bigger lad, and they typically, like, like, he's bigger in the sense of not muscle. Yes. Um, And I feel like they typically have longer careers because their bodies don't break down as much. Big poppy. Yeah. I mean, like, look at him, yeah. He has 192 home runs through how many years? What is it, four or five? Five years. Five with one being the 60 COVID games. Year. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe hurt, might hurt him in the long run, but if he has a very long career, you just brush yeah. that to the side. Everyone has one of those years. Yeah. So it's like... But, no, Lindor is a very good shortstop. He's a very good baseball player, and I'm very yeah. glad he's on my team. I would be, too. But... Thank you for sharing that. That, yes. that that's that makes me very happy. I knew it would. <laughs> but moving on from Justin's Nuggets. You're uh, welcome, Mets fans. <laughs> DH talk. So obviously, there's still a lot of guys on the market. Jock Peterson just came off the market going to the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah. I think he might have fit the best role, seeing what the Mets, if you wanted to give Mark Vientos some at-bats. You could have platooned them. Okay, yeah, fair. But besides that, J.D. Martinez still out there. Justin Turner still out there. The big fish, Jorge Soler, is still out there. I see what you did there. You get it? You get it? Because he, he was on the... Marlins. He was on the fish team. Where was he in 2015? Cubs? Something like that? I don't know. Where no. was he in 2015? I'll give you a hint. The Royals, who won a ring with them. He's on the team in 2015? I'm 95% sure. I'm pretty sure I saw some of that. Spot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's a two-time World Series winner. He came up in 2020, 2014. Huh. I had no idea he was on the Royals at that point. Yeah. Wait. What? No, he was on the Cubs. That, that's what I thought. Yeah. So it, oh, no, he won a ring with the Cubs. Okay, okay, I'm that's stupid. what I thought. Okay. I thought he won a ring with the Royals. Never mind. No. He's Cuban. I love him. <laughs> Anyways. I'm dumb. Yes, correct. And then you have Mark Vientos as your internal option, obviously. And I guess you could throw in DJ Stewart, but I don't want to give him too much run, so I'm not really going to include him in this talk. So I'm going to go over some projections. Because that's fun, right? Ugh. So Fangraph Steamer Projections, I think came out earlier this week. 
And I just want to get your opinion on this, right? For who? Everybody. Everyone. I'm going to give you some numbers. Starting off of a Jorge Soler, he's projected 1.9 war with a 119 WRC plus, 34 home runs. J.D. Martinez, 0.5 war, 107 WRC plus, 23 home runs. Justin Turner, 0.7 war, 105 WRC plus, 16 home runs. Mark Vientos, 0.8 war, 108 WRC plus, 15 home runs. Thoughts? I think the, and this is kind of where I like was for a while, that you either get, like, Jorge Soler, who I think has, I don't want to say upside, but is the most, like, safe bet mm-hmm. out of the three. Or you just let Viento say, hey, have fun, you're a kid, show us what you got, or right. bye-bye. Right, right, right. I think that's what I would want as a Mets fan, to, especially because, like, you're most likely not doing anything this year. I would want to see Viento's play. I would want to see him to play as much as possible. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly where I was going for this. If you are not signing Jorge Soler, you let Mark Vientos run with that DH spot. Because 15 home runs, I think that's extremely conservative. I do too. I think Vientos can run into like 20, 25 I think it's runs. more likely that he has a, a lower OPS plus or WRC plus. WRC, WRC plus, plus, I yeah. think it's much more likely that he has a lot lower of that, but a lot more home runs. Right. Right, like he could be like hovering a hundred, but like twenty, twenty five home yeah. runs, and you know, looking at obviously projections aren't any everything, but you know, JD Martinez is older, Justin Turner is older. And they're also very cons. I feel like they're very conservative with the kids. Yeah. Because they haven't proven it, so yeah. prove it. Right. There's, a, I think, there's a lot more upside in Vientos. I agree. But JD Martinez is not going to play a defensive position. He is going to. Not necessarily clog up the DH spot, but he's gonna clog up. He's gonna DH clog spot. up the DH spot. Justin Turner can probably stand at third base, but I think these Vientos and Turner are like almost the same player. You know, they're not mm-hmm. great defensively. They're projected about the same offensive production, and again, I think Vientos has more upside. And you're not gonna have to pay Vientos. Right, you're paying Vientos seven hundred fifty k instead of Turner. 10 mil. Yeah. Call it. I think that's a little low with the market, but whatever. 10 to 15, we'll call it. Right. And then Jorge Soler, who is primarily DH, but he can play the outfield. He was, he had the best defensive game of his life against the Mets in like the (laughs) second game of the season where he basically beat the Mets on his own. But yeah, Jorge Soler can play the outfield. And I think another thing that Mets fans and Mets should consider is Starling Marte is on the wrong side of 30. I there was I forgot who wrote it and where it was, but there's an article coming out saying that the Mets want to rotate Marte in the DH spot. Obviously he doesn't profile as a DH, but just to give him that rest. Get him off his feet. Um, right. Especially with all like the core injuries he's had the right. last couple of years. Yeah, it was core, it was groin, like yeah, yeah it's lower half. Lower Lower 50, 60%, well, no, percent, your whatever. Your groin is in your core, but your core, your core is your knees to your abs. I'm not a mathematician. It's okay. I'm a taxidermist. Like, what? Listen, that's for dentists, all right? Uh, <laughs> but, that's for astronauts. 
<laughs> if you sign Martinez or you sign a Turner, you're necessarily clogging up that DH spot. Yeah. You, you cannot really rotate out. You cannot. Mo- they're either DHing or they're on the bench. Right. There's no in between. Right. So Jorge Soler gives the most flexibility. So if you're not signing Soler, Mark Vientos is your DH, and you just let him run. Because another thing with that, too, is, like, we're talking about the bat having upside. Also, his goal, like, or I'm saying, like, because he's young. Yeah. You never know if he just gets better defensively. That figures it out. a good amount of times where guys just figure it out defensively. Right. It, whether it be a coach, there's one, like, fatal flaw they had for a while that they end up fixing. And then right. they're an average defender, and that's... If he's an average defender, you are over the moon with that. Exactly. He's shown flashes of really good plays, and then he's shown flashes of really bad plays. The other thing is, Brett Beatty is probably going to be your third base uh, going into the year. So, A, you have that competition in spring training between Beatty and Vientos, probably leaning Beatty. And then... You know, Vientos can act as your backup first baseman. You know, you want to DH Alonso, all right, you play Vientos at first. I think that, just sorry for going you off, no, but I think it, the more that we talk about it, it makes a lot more sense not to sign someone. Mm-hmm. Just because, think about it this way, you want to give Marte a day off, or you want to put him in the DH spot, give him a half day off, you put Beatty in the outfield, you put Vientos Oof. at third. You want to, what? <laughs> Beatty in the outfield? <laughs> I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah. You want to give... Uh, Alonso a half day off, put about DH, put Vientos at first. Right. Vient- you want to have everyone playing, Vientos at DH. Right. I think that it's one of those things where it makes a lot of sense not to sign anyone. Yeah, yeah. It, it provides the most flexibility, yeah. I think. Because, again, going off that, you know, there's a really tough lefty on the mound. Sit Beatty at third. Uh, sit Beatty, put Vientos at third. You know, exactly. there's just, there's a lot more to go around mm-hmm. with not signing somebody. So if you are going to sign somebody, you need to have not necessarily a sure thing, but you want a guy like Soler who's going to run into 30 home runs. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I'm, I would be more than okay not signing anyone. I think Vientos deserves that look, and that's what the Mets are going for this year. Whether you like it or not, they need a lot of things to break right for them. You, you know, you need guys to bounce back. You need guys to have good years. You need – the kids to show something. Mm-hmm. And besides just giving Vientos playing time and the flexibility a, all around. Sorry to off, yeah. Even a Canna. They may put him at DH a little bit just to like give him some Who? time. Am I dumb? Yeah. I meant to say Nemo. Oh, I don't okay. know why I said Canna. I meant to say Nemo. Yeah, okay. Um, sure yeah, he did. Because before Nemo like really like had that year where like he was healthy and kind of like solidified himself, I always right. like confused the two. Um, no, but like Nemo too. Yeah. You don't want to just be throwing him in center field every day. That's right. why you sign Harrison Bader. Correct. Correct. So. And he did play DH. Play DH. He was at DH a few times last year. So, again, it just leaves the DH spot open. Yeah. And, again, Soler can stand in the outfield. So, I think you still do have some of that flexibility. But, obviously, you, you're playing Soler every what, day. Like your fifth outfielder? I'm, t- I'm not saying he would be number yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying he'd be, like, your fifth on the roster. Probably. Probably fifth, fourth, toss up between Ty, uh, Tyrone Taylor and Soler, but whatever. But again, I just it opens a lot more flexibility, and it gives some spots to maybe future call ups for a Drew Gilbert or a Luis Angel Acuna. You know, having guys that aren't under contract, having guys you can move around is helpful. 
So you're not necessarily stuck with that 26-man roster. So I think overall, not signing a pure DH just opens a lot more possibilities. Yeah. But that's all I got. Don't got much Any more. closing notes for the New York Mets? Um, Babbit balls play. Hit ball hard. Sometimes ball, ball fine glove. glove. Other time, ball go far. Gap. Or out of stadium. Or out. Make out. Make out. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is, come on, Justin, this is a kid's show. No, that's not. That's a radio <laughs> show. The radio show is a kid's show. But, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, the Mets are very, in a very interesting spot. Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m. But, yeah, that's all I got. Mets are a very interesting spot. But without further ado. Let's go into the Bronx. Now entering the Bronx. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bronx, where we have had a lot more things go on because we yes. are the better team. So, let's just start off with Marcus Stroman. The Yankees signed Marcus Stroman to a two-year, $37 million deal with a vesting option for a third year if he were to pitch 140 innings in 2025. What is your opinion on the move? Now, let me preface this. Stroman is a good pitcher. He was a good pitcher on the Mets. I liked his time on the Mets. Marcus Stroman also talks a lot. He has a mouth. He has a mouth, and he does not like to shut it. <laughs> he likes to keep it open, for better or for worse. He also has fingers that he uses to type. Type. A lot. A lot. And he has his fingers click the block button a lot. With that being said, I like it. I like yeah. it for the Yankees. Uh Hopefully, I don't want to say issues, but his off-field shenanigans mm. kind of dies down a little. Obviously, in New York, a lot of things are magnified. But for better or for worse, Marcus Stroman, is, he has like that it factor. Like When he's on the mound, he's the guy. Yeah. And he's going to, trust me, he will make it known that he's the guy for that day. So I think it's good to have that passion. And I don't think, besides maybe Rodon, when he's healthy, you don't have, like, that guy who's, like, you know, screaming off the mound. after. Mm. Big, I, don't, I don't see Cole doing that a whole lot. Yeah, he does. Does he? He does, I've yeah. seen that really with Astros. I don't... No, he still does. Okay, okay. More so in the bigger moments, but, right. like, yeah. he does. But I think from a day-in, day-out perspective, Stroman does that a lot more. That yeah. say Cole or Rodon or whatever. Mm. But again, in Yankee Stadium, having a grub, grub, ugh, excuse me, ground ball pitcher is always a good thing. Yes. So I like the move for the Yankees. Yes. And there is one thing to note. A lot of people are talking about his um, numbers at Yankee Stadium. Um, just going to give you a game log numbers before signing with the Yankees. Four innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs. One inning pitched, four runs. Six innings pitched, six earned runs. Six innings pitched, six earned runs. Six innings pitched, three earned runs. So not good. Right. Wait. 
That's not Marcus Stroman. That's CC Sabathia. Oh, you pulled a quickie on I me. I pulled a quickie oh, on Oh, I you. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a tweet from Tom Kusensky. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But Thanks, yeah. Tom. That was, that was really good. You like that? I like that you a like lot. You like that? Yeah, that's pretty good. So. Whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm not. He's a much different pitcher. Most of those numbers were with the Blue Jays. Right. Which was a while ago. He also was facing pretty good Yankee teams. I was just going to say that. You have to remember, Strowman's not pitching against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium He's anymore. Not. And just to add to the ground ball rate, 57.4 ground ball rate, which is in the 95th percentile. To have that high of a ground ball rate as a starter, that's insane. Yeah. 47% sinker usage. Wow. 47%. Holy crap. He loves his sinker. And let me tell you, you know who else loves sinker ball pitchers? Matthew. Matthew Blake. <laughs> Marcus Stroman, welcome to the Matt Blake pitching lab. 60% sinker next year. Exactly. And one thing to note is some people will talk about how he didn't have that, like, overall his numbers weren't that impressive in 2023. He had a 3.95 ERA in 136 innings. But you look at his first, second half splits. Yeah. First half in 112 innings, he had a 2.96 ERA. Second half, 24 innings pitched, a 8.63. Until he got hurt, he was in the Cy Young conversation. Exactly. He had, in the injury that you mentioned, is he had a rib cartilage injury, which everything that I've seen is that it's not going to be like a chronic, it's not going to be something that's going to be bothering him in the future. So you're getting a great guy, and I believe it was Ken Rosenthal. That said it, that, like, he said this was an alarming value. Like, an alarm, like, a crazy bargain. Like, one of right. the best of the offseason. Right. So, you're, like, Lucas Giolito is getting paid the same amount of money. He gave up 42 home runs last year. Yeah. 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 I mean, for Giolito, the only thing I will say, I think he provides some more upside. Yeah. But, but again, it's still, it goes to show, A, mm, the market. I disagree. Maybe innings, but not, I don't think numbers-wise. Agree to disagree, but not not to go too deep into it, but yeah, uh, I think good value for Stroman. Uh, that sinker ball usage is definitely gonna jump. I would yeah. say. Um, that's like all I got on Stroman. I want to yeah. keep it kind of concise because I do have like a good amount of things that I do want to talk about. Yep. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? Stop talking, Stroman. Yeah. Just, just, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think being with, like, Judge, being with Cole, right. I think that those are things that are going to help. Right. Um, but then going into another starter, Carlos Rodon is skinny. Skinny. Have you skinny seen that? Room. I think I've seen, like, a picture or two. I will post a picture on the screen, but yep. Carlos Rodon is now officially skinny. I think that's a great sign because okay. it's showing that he's taking a lot of control about his body. Yeah. And Giancarlo Stanton, same thing with him. You yeah, can tell he's, he's slimmed down. He's slimmed down a lot. I think that's very good for both those guys. Yeah. Because that just shows the taking control of their bodies, taking it more seriously. And, yeah. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's pretty huge. Um, obviously, you know, you might question, you know, slimming down. Do you lose, like, for Stan, do you lose some power there? I don't maybe, care. Do it. Yeah. For Rodon, do you maybe lose, I don't know, this for Rodon, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. But for Stanton, maybe you you know you lose like five home runs, or whatever. Well, if, if you, you stay lose healthy, five home runs and you add thirty games, you take that. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because you'll definitely. probably make up those five home runs in the thirty games you missed. Right. And also, if you also are telling me he could play the outfield, 
because he's a lot more lean, that frees up that DH spot. Yeah. That is so good to be able to rotate Judge in the DH spot just because you want to keep him off his feet. You don't want him to play as much. Right. Or you don't want him to play in the field field, as much just because you don't want – You don't want him running into a concrete wall again. Exactly. (laughs) So I think that – That's huge. That's something I've been saying for a while, the Yankees. I said yoga, but this – this works. This works. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. And then another thing to note is arbitration did ha- did happen. One of us forgot to mention arbitration happened, so I just wanted to show I'm more prepared. I'm sorry that I didn't mention that Phil Bickford <laughs> is going to arbitration. My bad. I'm not, no one for the Yankees went to arbitration because we like our players. It's Phil Bickford. Yeah. Big Dick Bick. How do you think Phil? How do you think Phil feels? Phil, Phil, if you're listening, buddy, you're a good pitcher. Yeah, I like you yeah. a lot. How do you think Phil feels? Just you're, settle. You're invalidating Phil's feelings. I'm not. Anyways, so if Phil has a problem, he could come to me. <laughs> this is a tweet from Bob Nightingale. Um, so the Yankees they settled all their guys on arbitration. Soto, thirty-one million dollars. Gleyber Torres, fourteen and a half. Uh, Verdugo, 8.7. Clay Holmes, 6. Grisham, 5.5. Nestor, 3.95. Lou Trevino, I'm pretty sure that they just cut. I could be wrong. But 2.73. Jonathan Wise got 2.5. Clark Schmidt, 2 million. And it's Luis Gonzalez the guy they traded for, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Gonzalez settled with for 860. Yeah, 860,000. I almost said million. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so thank God. Don't deal with that headache. Yay. I think that's great, especially for a guy like Soto. You just give him the money. Yeah. Because those also hurt with contract negotiations right. and just stuff like that. Look at Corbin and Burns and the Brewers. That's the one example I always go to with how arbitration can go wrong. But, yeah. It's just. It's a headache that's not necessary. That happened with CC. Or not CC. Um, that happened with Severino. That happened with Delm Tenza. Patanzas. Um, <laughs> yeah. Legend. Thank God. Don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to... Okay, I'll talk about this one now. So, Josh Hader, he signed a five-year, $95 million deal with the, um, pod, with, with the Astros. <laughs> Padres don't have money. Um, and, yeah, I'm curious your opinions on that move because that is a direct... Com- Direct thing that affects the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting because mm. they do have Presley, who is a very good closer in his own right. Obviously, Josh Hader is a step above him. So it's it's interesting. I, I don't exactly see the fit. Um, you know, I'm th- pretty sure Presley's a free agent after this year, so that's probably what they're looking at. But look, uh, Good for the Astros. They got the best, one of the best closers in the game right Probably now. Probably best so. left-handed. Definitely best left-handed. Best left-handed. But, yeah, uh, definitely a little confused on my part. But, hey, if you – he's not – he's one of those star players that you kind of move things to get on your team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I get it at the end of the day, but definitely interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Just some numbers. That I wanted to mention. Yep. So, this is a going. tweet from Yankees Files. Current Yankees OPS against Josh Hader. Hmm. I want you to guess what judges. 210. 5,000. Wow. 
Sort of. Uh, 300. 1,000. Okay. And keep in mind, that also includes the wild card game. The wild card game. Thank you, Trent Grisham. Um, and then Anthony Rizzo, 938. Well, lefty-lefty. All right. Well, Rizzo is reverse splits. Right. Um, Fair enough. But yeah. Interesting. How many... How many at bats does Judge have I'm against Hayden? I'm pretty sure it's one. Okay. Okay. That's what I. That's what I just wanted to nope, make sure. Nope. Five thousand. Don't care. <laughs> um. No. Yeah, but that's good. Nice. And it's weird because the Astros don't spend money. Yeah. But they're committing ten percent of their payroll to a reliever. Right. Definitely so interesting when you have you know Bregman is a free agent Altuve's after this year. Altuve's a free agent. You know Kyle Tucker is getting there. I think it's like. One, I think, like two more years. Uh, your, did they extend your dom? Yeah, they did. Okay, it's like like six one twenty, I think. Yeah. Okay, so they did. But yeah, you have guys that I feel like you could have spread the money towards, but hey, do what Ooh. you want. They also, uh, what's it called? The Astros last year went to arbitration with uh, Tucker, and he lost it. Yeah, I, I. So that could be something interesting. Kyle um, Tucker, you are a New York Met. Yeah, he has this year and then one more year. So Tucker, two more years. Tucker, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. could be interesting how that affects that definitely, relationship. Definitely. And I think they Valdez is one more one or two years away, I think. I can look that uh, up right now. Jose Yukiti? Yukiti I think he's he, old. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Um yeah. Point being baseball like contract. Yeah. Uh, point being, there's uh, definitely other places they could have spent this that year and one more year for Valdez. Valdez. Yeah, so two years. Yeah, so there's definitely ways they could have spent that money elsewhere. But listen, if Kyle Tucker and Framber Valdez are on the market, so be it. Yeah, uh, we love Spot Track or Spot Rack, by the way. Yes. Um, that is mucho bueno, very nice. Very very nice. And just to kind of segue this into the Yankees, kind of like their bullpen overall. As much as I would love Josh Hader, they didn't need him. Yeah. Like, they just didn't need him. Like, I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast. I think I may have. But pitching coaches, in my opinion, have the most effect on the bullpen compared to the starters. Because the starters, you're kind of locked in. You mm-hmm. may have 10 guys total between the majors and the minors, unless you make, like, a trade or whatever. Right. You really only have those guys. Yeah. Relievers, oh, you're some random guy I met at, like, a bar? You want to sign with the Yankees? Yeah, exactly. And uh, how the Yankees made, um, oh, my God, what was his first name? The ginger that was 6'8", that played for the Yankees and one for the Mets. Ridings, what was his first name? Steven. 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 Oh, Steven Ridings was, like, one of the best relievers in baseball for a month, and then you've never heard of him since. Right. And he was a substitute teacher three months before yeah. it happened. That just goes to show the viability of relievers. Exactly. Like we talked about the Mets. You don't if you're gonna go cheap on something, it's gonna be relievers. Yeah. And to put it in perspective, the Yankees are the most amount of money they're spending on a reliever is six million this year on Clay Holmes, which is arbitration, so it's kinda like kinda had to. It's not right. like you could have like said, No, yeah. we don't wanna pay you six million. Right. Um with the second one I think it's like five and a half to Canley. Yeah. Number one ERA in baseball. Right. For the pen. So that's like... Yeah, I think the Yankees were talking to Nearest, right? They were talking to yeah, Nearest, yeah. And again, he got 9 mil for yeah. this year. And that was Clay cool. Holmes is making 6. Yeah. So it just goes to show their philosophy on it. And I don't I don't blame them not wanting to spend... When, I don't either. When they're just cooking relievers like, yeah. out of the oven. 
And I think that another thing that, like, kind of went into is Chapman, just how bad the end of that contract was. Yeah. So I think that definitely has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, a little more adverse giving out that long-term yeah. contract. Because unless you're, like, an Edwin Diaz, um, obviously a Josh Hader, a Mariano Rivera, you don't give them, and obviously I'm not lumping there, I'm just saying, like, right. elite top-of-the-game closers, you're not giving, you shouldn't give out that much money. Absolutely not, no. Yeah, Diaz and Hader were definitely special circumstances. They're very special. Chapman, when he got it, get another one, special circumstances. I also think that just, yeah, I'll, I'll finish talking about the bullpen before we go into free agent, guys. Ian Hamilton was paid the league minimum last year. Ninth lowest ERA amongst relievers in the AL with a 57% ground ball percentage. They signed him off the street. Yeah. Just goes to show you don't need to spend big on relievers. Exactly. And but getting into kind of like free agent guys, I think that they still do want to add one more guy. Um, from what I've seen, uh, they've been in contact with Kenyon Middleton and Wani Peralta. Who do you think would be the better fit for the Yankees? Hmm. I probably want to say Wandy. I like Wandy. Yeah. But it's also they're getting really close to that next luxury tax threshold. Yeah. The reason why that's important is because they lose draft picks if right. they hit it. Yeah. And I think Middleton's going to be a good value. And I could almost see like Cashman being like, okay, look, I traded for you. At, you pitched pretty well. Let me bring you back on one-year deal, one-year prove-it deal. Right. I think that's more likely than Wandy coming back. Yeah. Just because, like I said, they don't really need to pay relievers. And yeah. I think Wandy's definitely going to get more than that $6 million that Clay Holmes getting. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So I definitely think that that would be the guy. They yeah. bring. Obviously, I'm over the moon if they bring back Wandy. Yeah. But I think more realistically, they bring in a Kenny Middleton. Yeah. Because that's just what the Yankees do. Right. And if you don't bring back Wendy, I don't know the Yankees bullpen like the back of my hand, but do you have any lefties in there? I um Gonzalez, I think Victor Gonzalez. I think that's his yes. name. Yes, it was Victor. It, it was, was Victor? Victor, yes. Now that you said it. Yeah. Um I'm trying to I forgot about I forgot about that little trade. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it's just him, right? It could just be him, but it's right. also, like, the way their philosophy is, it's, like... Doesn't it doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because you have a bunch of guys that have reverse splits. Right. So, it's, like... You basically have some lefties in there. Anyways. Another thing, just, like, the way that they're, like, sinkers move, way, like, that stuff. I feel like baseball also is kind of moving away from that righty-lefty. It is. It is. So, that's, I just, like, another thing, too. And That's probably, like, the one old-school thing I have where, like, I don't like... Two lefties back to back. You know, I want more than one lefty in the bullpen. I don't like too many lefties in the rotation. The handedness does mean something to me, at least. Mm -hmm. But I I can fully understand why some teams are kind of moving away from that. Mm. And just something I wanted to mention: Kenyon Milton in what is that? Fourteen and a third innings pitch last year for the Yankees. One point eight ERA and yeah, yeah. So seventeen strikeouts to seven walks. Yeah, would not blame the Yankees wanting to bring him back at all. Yeah, and let me get out the depth chart for the Yankees just for the bullpen. Um, Nick Ramirez forgot about him and Matt Crook. Okay. So they do got they do have lefties. Yeah. Um, I don't think I mentioned it, but they 
did sign Luke Weaver. Oh, contract. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great swingman. Um, that's he's gonna be an innings eater. It's what you want. Yeah, definitely. So, in the more I look at this bullpen, I really like they don't even like obviously like bring back Henry Milton. That'd be nice. Right. They don't even really need to. Yeah. Because you have Holmes, you have Loisega, you have Canley, you have Hamilton, Scott Efros is coming back. You have Victor Gonzalez. You have. Nick Ramirez and Matt Crook, who I think showed potential. More Nick Ramirez. Um, you got Ron Marinaccio. And I I don't know. And like we said, relievers coming to nowhere. There could yeah. just be a guy that's doing hot at the deadline that they trade for. Right. So it's like. Yeah. You take it for what it is. You don't necessarily need to go all in. Yeah, you, you don't. It's just. Yeah. Like here, Nick Ramirez's numbers in 40 innings pitched. He had a two. Is that a six or an eight? He had a two six six ERA. Yeah. So it's like let Checks me out. let me check his career really quick. It was obviously like that was his best year. Yeah. But it's also a thing. Matt Blake pitching lab. Yeah. And then if I go to baseball savant, I'm curious what his like ground ball rate stuff like this because I did not expect to be talking this much about Nick Ramirez. <laughs> um. Loading, 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 loading. Beep, boop, boop, bop, boop. He had a 48.5 ground ball rate, which he wasn't qualified, but just eyeballing where it is, I think that would be about 75th, 80th percentile. Mm-hmm. So, right. It's up there. It's up that's there. that's old, what they like. He's 34 years old. Wow. Yeah. What is that? A 50%. Is that 40? Is that 40 or 50? Okay, I couldn't tell if it was like forty nine or forty or forty. Forty mm-hmm. percent uh sinker usage and twenty percent changeup. Right. Matt Blake. Yeah, Matt Blake to a T. Also, even sweeper, he loves his sweeper at twenty seven percent. But sweepers the new craze. I just I don't know. I think <laughs> that he's a. Gr- they don't really need to sp- like. You could give a guy like. Hector Neris, I really like just because he was a really good guy. Like, I, I was telling you this. I would have given him 214. That was kind of, yeah. like, my max just because right. he is such a solidified reliever. But, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't think I, I would blame the Yankees if they don't sign anybody, honestly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't either. Yeah, because the volatility of relievers, what you have right now. Right. And if you're that worried about going over that next luxury tax threshold, then you stay put. You're not going over okay. it for... Kenyon Middleton or Wandy Peralta. You're right. going over that for Josh Blake Snell. I'm just throwing oh, names. Yeah. We should talk about him. Blake. Blake. Mr. Blake. So, um, a, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Because we've talked about this. Yeah. So the Yankees are the only team to offer him a contract. They offered him a five-year, $150 million contract. Or was it six years? I think it was five. I think it was five, yeah. He... Declined it. Yep. No other team has offered him a contract. Yeah, that's still to this day, because this was, what, Like, a two week ago? Weeks? Yeah. Like, that's part of the Bob Nightingale tweet with arbitration. That right. He said that's when they did that, and I'm pretty sure. Let me get you when that date was of that tweet. Twitter. I want you to load. School Wi-Fi, be good for once. <laughs> January 11th. Right. It is that's now. That's almost three weeks ago. Yeah. Two and a half, three weeks ago. Right. So that still holds true to this day. So that just goes to show what a lot of teams are thinking about Blake Snow. Yeah. And. Scott Boris, you gotta do your homework and you gotta see that not 
No one wants to give him nine years. $270 million. Right. That was his asking price. Right. No one, for, forget about the money. No one wants to give him nine years. I don't think anyone wants to give him six. Right. So, I, th- I think I think it's moving towards that Korea contract. Yeah. His first, the first Korea contract was, was it three years? With an opt the out? Giants or the Mets? The Twins. The first Twins. So this is going back two years. The one that he opted out and then went to the Giants and then the Mets and then... Yes. The first contract <laughs> he opted out of. Because when you say Correa's contract, you got to go through like four of them. You got you to gotta bring out an encyclopedia. Right. But I believe that first Twins contract was around three years. I forget the money for an opt-out. I think after. three, 120 and opt-out after every year. Yeah. So I think that's where things are moving towards. I think Montgomery gets that long-term deal. I think Snell is going to have to get a shorter player opt-out deal. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fun to say I'm going to that, but do you see the Garrett Cole quote? I don't think so. It was pretty funny. It was, um, I don't have it in front of me, but he was like, he thought it was funny that they sat him and Snell together oh. at the thing. Yeah. So it's just, obviously they both won Cy Young, so they're right. both in the awards, but right. still. Yeah, kind of funny. But yeah, yeah uh, not really sure where Blake Snell is going. I'm not sure where the market's going. There's still... Uh-huh. Top-of-the-line guys out there. Even hitters, too. Right. Bellinger, right. Chapman, if you want to call it. Like, we talked with uh, Queens. You got a lot of DHs out there. There's there's guys out there. Dude. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, and Blake Snell. Yeah. What do they all have in common? Scott. Scott Boris. Listen, Scotty, you got to re- read the market. Read the teams a little bit better. It's, yeah. You're holding things up, asshole. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. Definitely. That's all I got yeah. overall for the Bronx. Um, I thought I had a lot more. Right. But yeah. Kind of. Still a lot of like hits. talking points. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So. But yeah, uh, still a lot of guys in free agency. There's what we two weeks until pitchers and catchers report. I think. Mm-hmm. About that. You know, I think you're gonna see some guys go into spring training without a team. Mm-hmm. I think what you mentioned just a couple of days ago, like the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, like it, it might be a bit. I think Bryce Harper. I remember. I think it was Machado. I was watching the Yankees spring training game when he signed with the Padres. Right. So it it this might take a while. Yeah. But for the Mets and the Yankees, I don't think it's really holding much up yeah. for them. The Yankees did all their heavy lifting. People. Right. It almost sucked that sucks that they got Soto so long ago because people forget. The Soto. emotions that they felt when they saw that Juan Soto was a Yankee. Yeah. People are forgetting how much of an impact bat Juan Soto is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's just, it's been a very weird and slow off season. Yeah. But that's baseball season. Yes. I see what you did there. John! <laughs> well, John! But yeah. I got nothing. It's on you. You That's do the it. outro. Okay, fine. Do that way. Yeah. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as a reminder for our new radio show, uh, WNHU 88.7. Yes, it is a 7. Yes. Uh, Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. If you're in the Connecticut area, you can get it on the radio. If not, we will have a link to the website where you can listen to us in the description of our podcast. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Unless you're watching on YouTube. Well, then subscribe, but then also go to Spotify. Yes. And then hit everything else. Yes. 
give you know rate us on Spotify. Let us know what you think. But yeah, that's all we got for you guys. So we'll be back when things happen. <laughs> bye bye.